This is the second episode in a four-part podcast series looking at a new comprehensive research by the Media Innovation Center at the Aga Khan University in Nairobi in collaboration with the DW Academy. Focusing on media viability in three East African countries, Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania. I am Dickens Olewe. In this episode, we look at the business models of the regional media and the impact COVID-19 pandemic had on their operations. I'm joined by Philip Moniki, Head of Digital at Royal Media Services, Tony Kirita, founder of online platforms The Chanzo Initiative, and researcher Hesbon Hansen Owila from the Aga Khan University Graduate School of Media and Communications. There's always this debate about uh, revenues for legacy media and so-called digital platforms. I mean, are there any significant differences to how these sometimes distinct uh, platforms make money? To a large extent, I would say that uh, from our research, there isn't much of uh, a difference. Uh, It's in uh, radio, especially in Uganda, that we found radio being a bit innovative in terms of... uh, their revenue uh, model and that is basically radio going the direction of fundraising and 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 crowd funding but across uh, you know the five platforms that we looked at you know tv radio print multimedia and digital uh, we realized that uh, uh, the the news media organizations in east africa actually use up to 12 different uh, revenue sources but out of these 12 it's only six that you know are predominantly used you know by these media houses and the six that they use are just the traditional you know uh, revenue models uh, nothing innovative around uh, their revenue uh, sources so the six are single copy sales uh, si- single copy sales you know the newspapers that are just bought uh, on the newsstands and for the digital newspapers paid downloads nothing much then, of course, commercial advertising, government advertising, sponsored content, uh, institutional donors who fund the media, and uh, related services, services that are related to just these institutional donors. So if, if you move beyond these traditional ones, I think that the, the others were used sparingly, you know. Uh, paid downloads were used sparingly, but single cop uh, sales were very high. And whatever people are paying for to download are not really news stories, but just they the digital version of the print, you know, especially during the COVID-19, essentially uh, how nation, uh, the people in standard were selling the digital version. That's what people are paying. But we didn't see much on the digital platform in terms of uh, any new revenue model uh, that the audience paid for. It was predominantly commercial advertising, government advertising, and then there were content that was sponsored. Okay. I want to bring in Tony Kirita here. Uh, he's the founder uh, of the Chanzo Initiative uh, in Tanzania. Uh, Tony, I want to just hear uh, you know, a little bit more about how uh, your organization makes money. But could you just tell me a little bit more about the Chanzo Initiative? When was it launched? What do you do? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Dickens. As you've mentioned, my name is Tony Kirita. I'm the founder and also serving as the managing editor of the Chanzo. And the, the Chanzo was founded or launched in uh, September 2020. So now we are going to two years. And uh, as, as we define ourselves, we are a bilingual uh, digital media. 
that we do our news in English and Swahili. Uh, in Tanzania, really, uh, uh, there are no media that do that that's, uh, switch between the two languages. But we also focus specifically on digital. And uh, we also uh, define ourselves as a news media organization that we do news, but uh, uh, in a sense that uh, we, we, we are more of a, of a digital and uh, looking for creative ways to telling stories through videos, infographic, and other ways that uh, reach them wider audience. So the way we make our, our money is as actually, as Hezboni has mentioned, is it, it falls through the, the six item that he has, uh, he has outlined. Uh, Which one is the main one? The main one is through uh, the, the funding, raising funds from the uh, donors and related services, consultants services around our media around uh, the, our media resources. I, I want to bring in Philip here in, in a second, but could you just tell me, I mean, you, you've been obviously operating for, uh, for the last two years. You know, tell me about your audience. Who are you trying to reach? Who's your target audience? So our audience, we, we specifically focus on the, I would say, young adults. Uh, that is, uh, we, 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 learned some, we learned that category to mean the youth. That is uh, the people who are around 21 to, uh, to 35, but it goes up to 44. This is uh, it's a group that uh, we specifically focus and you know, they consume a lot of our content. But we also engage, sometimes we also identify some groups uh, because of the way uh, we set some of our journalism that uh, sometimes we do, it's not just journalism, but we also have some mission behind it. We sometimes we we want to accomplish uh, uh, something beyond the reach and just the readership. Sometimes we have issues that we have to address. So we also consider some of the decision makers, some of the our, our audience. For example, government decision maker, people in the businesses, and also people in in in, in organizations, say NGO. So we define the uh, in in general. We, I'll say we have this broader group of young adults, and then uh, we categorize specific groups based on the agenda of specific item that we are trying to push uh, in, in bringing changes to our community through journalism. Okay, thank you. And I just want to bring in uh, Philip uh, Moniki. He's the head of Digital Royal Media Services. Um, Briefly, uh, Philip, tell us about uh, the Royal Media Services and, and about your role. Royal Media Services is, uh, uh, I, I don't want to do my own hall, but it's the biggest media house in terms of reach and, uh, and numbers in Kenya. It has three, radio, uh, three TV stations and 14 radio stations. And also we have a VOD, a video on demand platform called Viewsasa. And also we do, uh, we have the digital aspect of uh, the company. Uh, we also do SMS alerts and skis attuned. So the company is uh, is big both uh, in, tra in the traditional sense and also in the digital sense, because even digitally we, we, we are number one when you look at numbers, say on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, even on YouTube. And also the website is also doing really, really well. So it's also uh, part of the top 10 uh, when you look in, the, in these countries. So Real Media Services is a, it, 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 it's a general TV stations, but, uh, but it's mostly uh, TV, digital, and radio. 
Okay, and and your role? Oh, my role as a digital editor, I'm in charge of uh, the content uh, that goes on the website, uh, also on social media sometimes. So just try to figure out to make sure that the content is uh, is up to date. Uh, is also very it's, it it keeps to the to the premise and uh, into the whole uh, journalistic uh, journalistic aspects or, or that, that it ticks all the boxes when it comes to journalism. So I'm in charge of the digital the the the, the the content side of digital. Okay. And does, those, does that at include uh, raising, uh, you know, does it include revenue, for example? Do you have uh, revenue targets? Uh, no revenue targets uh, on this one. This one for, for digital is just to make sure the same way, like even on TV, you don't have uh, somebody like the, the digital guys, we are not told this is what, uh, this is the target we have. So there's a sales team, so what we try to do is to make sure that our content, we try to drive numbers, we try to make sure that as much people are visiting our platforms as possible. And now from that aspect, now the sales team now can easily go out and try now to use those numbers to try to pitch to, to the different advertisers. I'm just curious whether where the intersection is. I mean, do you does the digital uh, department operate parallel uh, to the legacy platforms or are there ways in which there are some convergence in terms of content and in a way uh, i remember for example when i was you know i was in charge of digital at um, uh, the star newspaper years ago uh, there are some of the sales people who would uh, you know because the main the newspaper was the main product they will go to uh, pitch to advertisers to advertise in the paper, but then they will add the digital, the website as a as an add-on, you know, uh, not selling the space, but just kind of using it to kind of uh, uh, get the sale. Is is that how you operate or is it different? Uh, so generally when, when it comes to using digital as an add-on, we, we have since stopped that one. So uh, digital now stands on its own. Um, I know you asked if we have, uh, but maybe I got your question wrong when you asked if we have uh, if we have targets. I thought you are asking me as the digital editor if we have targets, but right now we are mm-hmm. finding like we, when we are trying to stand on our own. So TV has their own revenue targets, TV, radio, even digital now, because now we even have salespeople who are assigned to digital to only just sell digital and everything else. So why we stopped trying to push digital as an add-on was when we realized that sometimes we have a bigger reach and uh, and digital is no longer the future, it's now. So we that, that one has since changed. So whenever we go to to a client, we are going to a client, be it Safaricom or BAT or whoever it is, we go to them and tell them this is digital, these are our numbers, this is what we do, these are our platforms. So once we now started seeing our platforms just as they're just as big as the others. But when it comes to content, there's a, a bit of convergence, uh heavy, because the company has a lot of uh, personnel across the country. So instead of now having to push digital, digital reporters now to the ground, say Machinani or everywhere else. We try now to make sure that the, the the reporters are now reporting. They are now converged. They are very digital as well. So it's digital first. So whenever you have, you give it to digital, even as you prepare for your radio show or your TV your, your TV news segment. And Hezbollah, I just can't want to bring you back here again. I mean, what sort of, um, um, I mean, what, what what is the feel in newsrooms when it comes to uh, selling uh, space in the, uh, for example, digital platforms compared to their legacy platforms. 
is there you know uh, are they much more comfortable to uh, in to selling to a, uh, selling a platform that they you know the legacy platform that they uh, that has basically been sustaining their business for for decades or uh, is there some excitement about the opportunities that uh, digital platforms bring I, I think yeah yes yes sorry sorry i was on mute from the data it doesn't it doesn't seem like there is um, any excitement on the digital platform uh, and i think i hear what uh, philip is saying because what uh, most of the digital platforms uh, in kenya uganda and tanzania uh, talked of in terms of uh, the revenue models you realize that it's kenya that is less uh, innovative in terms of the sources of uh, revenues and they're essentially the traditional ones so all the media houses in kenya uh, only picked three revenue models that they use and they are the traditional ones commercial advertising government funding and sponsored content you know so it is in in uh, tanzania that we saw a bit of innovation where they single cop uh, copy sell on the digital platform where they are actually selling uh, i mean their consumers are buying that content but kenya uganda i think uh, there isn't much of revenue that is coming directly from a consumer who is paying for that uh, content uh, i don't know whether that explains uh, you know uh, what 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 uh, philip has just said about the biggest uh, media house in kenya that digital is now a standalone and i think when digital becomes a standalone uh, it, it it now you know struggles mm-hmm. to get uh, you know resources uh, or let me say revenue from just the traditional guys so the sales people go to commercial advertisers they go to people who can sponsor content they look for government funding and and uh, it doesn't look like there's an attempt to make the consumer on the digital platform pay for that content uh, it doesn't look like there's an attempt to crowdfund for instance it doesn't look like uh, you know there's there's a lot of native you know content on the digital uh, platform other than just sponsored content mm-hmm. and and tony you were telling me about um your target audience have you tried to sell to them directly and what was your experience uh we we have not yet uh, tried to sell to them directly but uh, that is something that we are planning but uh, looking at uh, other platforms or other uh, organization in tanzania i think uh consumers are also changing their habits if there is value uh in 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 certain type of news they are going to buy but also they there is some form of uh, a bit of a synergy between innovation and uh, news so there are there are couple of platforms that uh, i'll say this uh, online apps that provide uh, opportunity for for media uh, both uh, traditional and and digital to place their content and then they sell that for 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 a bit uh, it's uh, for a price that is a bit uh, lower than the the physical copy but it's also uh, kind of uh, in a, in a good uh, it's also kind of a good price that it, it, it's good for for both uh, the, the the producer and also the, the consumer so so i think uh, in tanzania there's that shift uh, to understand the potential of the digital environment and that is also what we are trying to look but the, but the key uh, what now we are trying to what what we are we're now trying to to understand 
is uh, the what what make the audience tick because you don't want to to sell say uh, uh, a newsletter for a couple of weeks it, it sells well then it stop so uh, we are, we are trying to learn our audience on that uh, on that front then when we launch a product that we want them to pay for it then they are going to pay for it uh, and it's going to be sustainable but we are seeing other organization they are taking the model uh, of placing the 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 full copy on the on the on some of the platforms that that pay for it but also uh, they there is also uh, a growth of many organizations like ours uh, that is full digital to go for on demand payment to look for uh, for platform that provides uh, that uh, uh, like youtubes there's a lot of organization that uh, try to uh, create content that will attract funding from this uh, from from platform that like youtube but uh, the energy that's required uh, to get funding from that platform it's a lot and it's it need you to be creative to understand the audience because the content has to be i'll say it has to be viral a bit to get significant amount of funding let me ask you about sustainability because the the track record for uh, media startups especially um you know around the globe uh, um you know it, it is a, it's a tough market out there so i'm curious where you where you see yourself uh, in the next 5 years for example yeah so far i mean our comp- company has grown from having 3 employees we are now having 12 employees and and these are, are people on the payroll and and we're still growing uh so what what we learned when we were started is that at some point when media organization grow uh they they got like they become, they, they leave their core business and they start to focus on on all of this stuff like uh, the spending is becoming a lot uh say the office spending the car spending everything it's it's become huge as they grow so mm. what what we have learned is that uh with every revenue that we get we we try to squeeze as much as it to look for the future so uh, as we as we get any revenue we try to use it to uh to make it uh create another uh, revenue stream so now so will you be, will you have wind yourself of donor funding in about 5 years yeah yeah we're seeing uh, we're seeing we're and, and you will be selling directly you you will be uh, essentially be sustained by subscribers not not uh specifically subscribers but uh so we our model will be on two side we also doing uh this uh related service the consultant services we noted there's a lot of money uh there people actually need a lot of 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 uh, support and and from the media who understand how the audience work what the audience needs so there's a lot of that and actually we have so far we have gained a lot of of uh, of we're getting a lot of revenue from that angle so yeah okay yeah yeah no no that, that's that, that's great thanks uh, philip i want to bring you in here and and i'm just trying to think as an advertiser uh why would i want to advertise in your platform what would be the pitch to me so first of all maybe to answer the question you had asked before about revenue yes we are standing alone but we are still very dependent on the the mother company uh, that is radio and tv for our salaries but we are trying to see if 
we can we can change that to get to a point where digital on its own we can now come and account for our own salaries moving forward so right now and it seems to be doing well uh, but of course it's still early days but we are we're enjoying that one so when it comes to so when it comes to uh, why you should advertise with us majority of the time uh, of course one is we have the numbers we have the engagements uh, mostly the engagement to me is usually the one that is uh, the biggest draw because uh, having numbers uh, yet on the ROI is different. That's why it changes. So when you look at our numbers vis-a-vis -vis our engagement, it's they're doing really, really well. So we are able to, we've also now tried to ensure as a company, we also now start looking at ourselves as let me not say the word influencer, but for lack of a better word, please let me use the word influencer, such that we, we we can we are very malleable into so if it's if say you you are Safaricom and you want us to push mm -hmm. something, we can try not to just push just to put a, a link and tell people go here, do this. We try to engage people. If it's questions, uh, if you want to ask, uh, if it's polls, if it's uh, you're trying to you're trying to engage the, the the audience in terms of. So you want to say you want to launch a product and you want to know if people use a certain product. So we can do things like put polls, just ask people, and then try to bring in. Uh, even if it's uh, right now, we're even doing our own digital content. So even if you're doing the digital content, you can try and now use that. Try and push engagement and. And and of course get 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 the content to to our members because majority of the time what media usually does is practically the same thing they they used to do uh, maybe on radio a radio on TV where you just place an ad and then you move on so you come and check the ad later because of analytics and you see analytics uh the kind of people engaging with that particular content is zero so majority of the time when you we, we we try to make sure that when we when we come to you as an advertiser we ask you what exactly do you want from us what exactly um how exactly do you want us to do it so we'll give you two or three ideas of what we can do or three or four and then so you can tell us and then now we, we usually go back and sit and see if it's something we can execute because at the end of the day we are still a media house and we cannot necessarily uh we can now not start, start selling say alcohol the way uh, a media uh, an influencer would okay you've you've talked about um influencers uh, just briefly do you see them uh, i believe these are social media influencers do you see them as a competition yes but in this way uh in the way of if it's if, if you're an advertiser and you spend say a billion shillings a year you're not about to add. So the one billion, say five years ago, the one billion shillings was all of it was coming to the media. Was uh, five hundred million maybe was coming to Citizen. The other was going to the other media houses. So right now, if this this same media house wants to engage influencers, what they do, they go back to the kitty for the one billion they put, and then now they slice off say two hundred million, and they decide the two hundred million will go for in, to to influencers. So the amount of money they are giving us is still from the same kitty but maybe getting less or there is a media house that will that will get the short end of the stick so what we saw especially in 2020 with covid and everything else is the use of influencers so things like EABL now have their they have an in-house agency and uh, and they have this in-house agency uh, now just deals digital they have a they, they, they have a team of like 15 to 20 say 50 influencers who are on payroll like they get uh they get a sort of what you call it the monthly a monthly upkeep and then you're paid per assignment mm -hmm. so the fact that they have these kids just 
there just for even if they make 20,000 shillings every month as they wait for a gig to come it shows your viewer will come and tell you they, 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 they are they are they're upping the money they spend on digital while everything else on on traditional media stays the same so the problem with this one is this one billion at one point within the next five years will be 50 50. So the media, where we were talking about 1 billion as a whole media house, now you're talking about 500 million because they, they are able, because with analytics, they're able to see this is what happens, this is what happens. And especially with, uh, I think in 2020 and yeah, how they yeah. pushed, I think it was their gene. Uh, they pushed their gene almost exclusively on digital and they did really, really well. Uh, I, I may not have the numbers, but somebody said they, they were able to eclipse their their annual their annual targets in a few months of the year. You've mentioned 2020, and obviously that's the year when uh, the pandemic um, uh, hit the world. And I'm just curious how that impacted uh, your organization. Uh, I mean, how was how was it before the pandemic, and how did things change? Okay, uh, so generally from around 2015, 20. 2010 moving forward, 2013 moving forward, the media started seeing uh, issues in the horizon on generally how the media is going to be affected money-wise and everything else as the numbers dipped and then digital was growing. So everything was, it was dipping, but it was a slight dip. But then 2020 was almost like a cliff, uh, like fell off. So majority, I think all media houses uh, were able to deduct like 30 to 50% of, uh, of, the, of salaries for for at least two years and then now when the business now started coming in and everything else so you find majority of media houses actually even uh, fired like uh, were able to slice off a, a big chunk of their employees so the numbers are less the money may have come back some media houses actually have are yet to bring back the 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 amount they deducted from the salaries so there is still that effect so right now moving forward every media house is now looking at the whole what got virgins now i'm sure you left when you left uh, the star it was still a big buzzword but right now everybody's trying to look at it so if you are a tv reporter you need to understand how to even file stories for radio for digital and do much more than you used to do so we are seeing a lot of that and media houses people when you ask most people about where do you see yourself in five years I don't think there's anybody who can come and tell you I'm very confident I'll still have my job in the media, majority of the people, because it's it's getting the number of people who are accessing content on media is growing, but the, the media houses are not, may not be seeing the money coming in as is. So RMS may have been may have been spared the wrath because of the kind of reach and the kind of numbers that they have. So they were not affected as much, but some media houses were completely devastated. Tony, um, uh, Hesbon, in fact, I want to come to you to um, uh, to kind of, uh, uh, you know, wind this discussion, but I'll, I'll go to Tony. Tony, you, you launched your startup in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, A, what were you thinking? And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like how, how, I mean, Philip is talking about, you know, the media literally, uh, you know everything absolutely collapsing you know and just everyone going down the cliff but then you started your own uh thing i mean why why did you think that that was just the best time to launch your uh, your startup and how has, has it affected you i mean you're now at least two years uh old briefly yeah, yeah. The, the difference between pandemic in east africa 
that uh, for Tanzania it was a bit different uh, because we, as a country, we choose to be in a bit of a denial. So I think it's across all media that uh, it's it's a, it's a media individually that you are going to adopt your policy, but not as a as a country. So uh, basically, the, there was no any difference. But by then, uh, in terms of if you're launching now, it's going to be you're going to face some challenges uh, because of the, the the national policy. But uh, overall, I think uh, looking at the pandemic and the and the media sector uh, for Tanzania specifically, I think the pandemic challenged the media center, the media sector in its core business, especially on how the uh, audience perceive the media. I think up to now, there's suspicion from the audience which uh, affect the financing of the, and also the how the audience consume because because of the COVID policy in Tanzania, the media had no option but to also adapt to it, to also report to it. So that a bit uh, lower the trust of the media in the eyes of the audience. Up to now, there's that suspicion. The, uh, if you talk to the Tanzania audience, they'll say, during the pandemic, uh, the media were lying. So we, we are now there. Do, do you mean that they were not, the audience were not happy that the media was reporting that COVID, there is a pandemic and people are dying no, from it? No, the media was not reporting that. So they, oh, so they basically were they were they were very unhappy with the media for not reporting the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating, yes. and and that's where you found the opportunity to kind of launch your um, uh, your startup. I know there are many issues, especially in the political situation, uh, that calls for a new type of a media that uh, look at at at, at uh, most of the items that were left out by the mainstream especially by then of uh-huh. the closing political and civic space. So we thought uh, there is need of that uh, kind of media. So we launched uh, the chance in that type of environment. Thank you so much. Uh, Hesbon, I hope you're back with us. So could you just summarize this? I mean, there seems to be a lot uh, that happened before the pandemic and during the pandemic and different approaches and different effects uh, um, uh, different uh, impacts that the pandemic had. So could you just tie this uh, nicely for us and uh, put a bow on top of it, if you if you can? What, what did the research show as far as how the media's uh, business models were affected by the pandemic? And especially now that we are kind of... Um, uh, hopefully on the other side of the pandemic. Uh, what, what trends did, did the research uh, uh, show? Yeah, so uh, let me begin with uh, just before the pandemic, because uh, we looked at the financial situation just before the pandemic, that is uh, 2019. Uh, and I must say that uh, even before the pandemic, the media appears to have been struggling. Uh, most of uh, the print media in Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania uh, actually note, you know, that uh, they didn't uh, break even. So in Kenya, for instance, print suffered most uh, even before the pandemic because 80% of the print media in Kenya say that they either lost money or they cut budget. Uh, in Tanzania, 89% say that they either lost money or cut budget. 
uh, Uganda seems to have fared uh, much better as far as print is concerned because only 33% say that they either lost money or cut a budget. Uh, the trend is also the same on uh, TV and radio, but in digital, Kenya seems to have fared much better, to have been faring much better before the t- pandem- uh, pandemic because our 67% of Kenyan uh, digital media say that you know they either broke even or made profit. Uh, in Uganda, it was 56. Uh, Tanzania, I think Tony and and uh, you know the digital native uh, media entrepreneurs, you know have have a niche there because uh, the digital uh, native media platforms were not doing any better before the pandemic, and hopefully they'll do better post pandemic. But in terms of the trend uh, post pandemic. Uh, now, there are three key things that happened, which are very interesting. One, uh, the predominant source of revenue, that is commercial advertising, government advertising, sponsored content, reduced considerably across the three countries. So during the pandemic, there was that reduction in demand uh, for advertising space in print, radio, TV, and even the digital platform. Then number two, um, there was loss of revenue. So media houses had reduction in revenues, you know, uh, during the pandemic. That is 2020, 2020, 2021. And then thirdly, and most significantly, which I think is a niche that the media may want to concentrate on, was an increase in demand for media content. And I think this ties into a study that was done by the Reuters Institute of Journalism that showed, you know, in East Africa, there was a bit of uh, uh, increase in trust for the media. They only did Kenya. But you can actually, you know, relate to Uganda and Tanzania. So the audience, because of the pandemic, I think the audience resorted, you know, back, especially to legacy media. So there was increase in print, there was increase in uh, TV, and there was increase in demand for radio content by the audience. Uh, what what does that trend portend? It, it basically means that if the media goes back to, you know, content, focus on content. Um, you know, leveraging on the expertise of their journalists and paying the journalists, you know, much better because our data also shows that there is a relationship between, uh, you know, the pay package, uh, independence of the media, uh, and then uh, the quality of, of the journalistic processes and their financial position. So if you look at all that, the high demand that was occasioned by the pandemic and the fact that there's a relationship between the quality of content and financial performance and financial situation, then you can say that uh, content becomes key, that if you invest in content, if you invest in good journalistic practices, and if you take care of your journalists, then you're in good business and you're likely to produce quality journalistic content that informs the society a lot more better. Thank you for listening. This episode is part of a series looking at a new comprehensive research by the Media Innovation Center at the Aga Khan University in Nairobi in collaboration with the DW Academy, focusing on media viability in three East African countries, Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania. I am Dickens Olewe.